Many are worried that by this time tomorrow, America will be subjugated under the boot heel of fascism. On the bright side, that breakfast sandwich place on Troy Hill is open on Wednesday. Is that an even trade? I do not know. Good times, bad times, you know I've had my share. But, isn't sports already subjugated under the boot heel of fascism? Not America, but American sports. Stay away from me, eat little guess who. Look at the NBA. LeBron runs the league. He plays wherever he wants, moves all over the place. He's the de facto GM for all his teams. Originated the super team concept, which is good for him, but not for the NBA. LeBron is for himself, period. He does not care about the greater good. Don't forget, he would not wear a Black Lives Matter slogan on his jersey during the restart. His name was on his jersey. His brand, me, me, me. He's Mussolini and Nikes. And speaking of Nike, they exploit third world workers in their sweatshops and are aligned with China. The Houston Astros stole signs to win. I can picture Trump banging on the trash can. How about you? And the Astros did not get punished. They did as they pleased with no fear of reprisal. That defines fascism. Look it up in the dictionary. Oh, okay, don't, because I'm not sure it actually does define fascism, but I can picture Trump banging on the trash can. I can picture Biden falling asleep in the trash can. But I bet Trump is banging the trash can tomorrow if you get my drift. That sounded dirty. Did that sound dirty? If fascism takes over America, baseball will be abolished and we'll be playing soccer. Actually, that sounds okay. I got that from what happened in Nazi America in the man in the high castle. Don't worry about who wins the election. Don't worry about fascism in sports. Worry about who you are and what you do. Oh, 3-0. What a goal by Salah. Mo Salah, Mo Salah, Mo Salah. Anyway, to get back to my message he finished to this monologue, worry about who you are and what you do. Look around. We have met the enemy, and he is us. Wow, what a goal. It ain't over till the Pharaoh sings. 3-0 in the second half of Atlanta, and they're good. Wow, wiping them out. Way to go, Mo. 412-333-WXDX. Let me go to my Twitter to update you on the election, on the polls I have running today. I hate to turn my attention away from the Liverpool game even for a second. Uh, I voted today. Who do you think I voted for? 39% say Joe Jorgensen, the Libertarian candidate. 35% say Trump. And 27% say Biden. So again, that adds up to 103%. So voter fraud looks like a sad, harsh reality in this case. And I also have the poll up one month from now who will be getting the majority of the snaps at inside backer between Avery Williamson and Robert Spillane. Uh, 77% say Avery Williamson. 23% say Robert Spillane. Uh, in election news, we have a report that roving bands of men wearing Marquise Ponzi jerseys 
who supports Trump, they are showing up at voting sites within Pittsburgh city limits and trying to intimidate people into voting for Spillane. Oh, and Trump too. A group of Williamson voters have surrounded City Hall with pitchforks, torches, and breakfast sandwiches. 412-333-WXDX, 3-0. Oh, this couldn't be better. This is the best election day ever. 4-0! Oh, my God. It is a blowout in Italy. A Riva Dirchi. Ha! Sadio Marne makes it 4 in the 49th minute. Let's go to Kevin and Hookstown. Kevin, you're on with Double M. Thanks, Mark, and I'm so glad Liverpool's winning, so you're in a good mood. Thank but you. I wanted to get your I wanted to get your opinion on um, something that could be in the realm of fine tuning on the Steelers' decent season, and that's the opening toss and the selection to defer. I don't get that. I mean, I understand why, but it seems to me that if you always take the ball and want the ball, you're at least sparing your defense net time on the field for the entire well, game. I, I can tell you why Tomlin does that, though. Tomlin believes in his defense, and he's an old-school coach who plays field position. I'm surprised that he deferred to Ben's wish that the Steelers not defer when they won the toss at Tennessee, and that certainly served the Steelers well. But I thought he would have done the same at Baltimore when the Ravens traditionally, well, not traditionally, but since Jackson's been the quarterback, they have trouble playing from behind. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm with the philosophy, too, that you, you get the ball, get ahead, and it changes the other team's philosophy or game plan, maybe even just a little bit. Well, yeah, but, but don't forget, but... when you're an old-school coach, you're also a worst-case scenario coach. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, seriously. You say, okay, well, what if we take the ball and get stopped for not and have to punt from our 15 and blah, blah, blah? Yeah, I get it. It's a matter of what confidence, what, where you have more confidence in your offense and your defense. And well, I, just, I, I, I well, we see. Well, now, now you defeated your own question, Bob, because I have more confidence in the defense overall. Overall, not that the offense yeah. isn't doing great. Not that Ben isn't. Oh, big save by Allison. Oh, what a game for the Reds. Uh, and not that Ben's not playing well, but he's playing well a half at a time, isn't he? So I get it. But I just wouldn't make it my modus operandi. I would not do it every game. Like Tomlin would, and would have at Tennessee too, had he not uh, deferred to Ben. Let's go to Rick in the car. Rick, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Terrific. Hey, would it make more sense to play Williamson right off the bat and give him a green dot for these next three games? That way, if he would make a mistake in a call, with the quarterbacks they're going to be facing, it wouldn't be that detrimental uh, to the team. I think you all overestimate the green dot thing. If Spillane got the green dot right off the bat after having never started in the league prior, how hard could it be to have that green dot? Here's what you do I'm with the green. Being... Here's what you do with the green dot, bro. Listen to me. A guy says in your ear what the formation is, and you yell it out. That does not take any great expertise or experience, obviously. I got you. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Jude. Hey, Jude, get it? Let's go to Jude hey. in West McKeesport. What's up? Hey, got you, Mark. Uh, so the last couple of weeks, Spillane uh, has been a hot topic on your agenda. I'm wondering if you were using Avery as a scapegoat because you've been calling him a bum, and he's been showing up. Well, so right. Be- yeah, showing up. You know what? I- I'll have to check to see exactly how much he showed up. I know he had the pick six. 
which was more Lamar Jackson's doing than than Duck Spillane's brilliance. But uh, but I, I got to check with the with the st- statistics people because they're still adding up Baltimore's rushing yards. Yeah, absolutely. But still, with with uh, us bringing, you're right. He's the greatest player yeah, ever. He, he will is. play forever, oh, just like Doc Hodges. Just no, like Doc Hodges. Remember, oh Doc, no, who no. needs Ben Duck? No. Five, eight and five. Oh, duck playoffs. Duck, 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 duck. And next year he'll be a gym teacher. A bum, a bum. That's all you said, dude. That's all you. I said. think he is a bum. I think Spillane's a bum. Oh, He's a no, Mac guy. What? He's an undrafted Mac guy. What? Because he made a couple big plays. You're gonna drop your pants? Give me a break. I think he's been doing great. You're right. He's the, okay. You're right. He's the greatest. Play him forever. Anything else? He's not. He's not. But I'm just saying. You you get make you up your mind, bro. Is he the greatest or not? He. I didn't say he was. But you're calling him a bum. And he's, he's a bum. He's a bum. You know what? When Duck Hodges was playing, when Duck Hodges was at the top of his game last year, who called him a bum? Me, the super genius. That's who. What did Duck turn out to be? A bum. It'll be the same with Duck Spillane. Actually, he's a little bit better than that, but it's fun to yell. Let's go to JT and Irwin. JT, you're on with Double M. How's it going, Super Genius? Good. So um, I just want to bring up Minka again. Um, I, I think it was pretty apparent from the first couple games that he wasn't at the same level he was last year. Um, I'm not totally sure where he's at with his coverage things. but Can, I, can I interrupt for a second? Can I interrupt? Yeah. yeah. 5-0! <laughs> Jota with the hat trick! Oh, my God. Arriva Darchi, I'm not sure where Atlanta is, Roma. Let's go. What's up? Keep going. So one of the things that I've seen that I haven't heard talked about much was his tackling. I don't know if you've noticed it at all, but it doesn't seem like he's really wrapping people up at all. Oh, I think think that's, uh, that's looking maybe a little too closely. I just think he's been victimized for a couple big plays, not particularly in the Tennessee game, but, you know, he, we're nitpicking because you know he's 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 better than they had. You don't regret the trade. I think here's the fairest way to put it, JT. He's not playing as good as he did last year, and he set a pretty high bar when he made first team All Pro. Definitely. You know, do they need they 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 need to play better? That's one thing that I give Tomlin all the credit in the world for. It's seven and zero. It would be very easy to say to not say stuff like we need to play better or that we didn't play that good at Baltimore. But you know what? Realistically speaking, they didn't play that good at Baltimore, and they do need to play better. Thank you for the call. Yeah. Oh, 5-0. Oh, this is great. This is the best election day ever. You people who think we're going to be under the yoke of tyranny tomorrow, Atlanta are under the yoke of Liverpool today. And that matters a lot more to me. One thing I want to remind y'all, don't forget that like for somewhere between 95 to 97% of people in this country, it doesn't matter who the president is. No matter what happens in this election, no matter who the president is come the inauguration next year, my life isn't going to change. It's not. So if I treat this a bit more cavalierly, that's my prerogative. If it, if it um, seems to you I'm not that concerned with the greater good, bingo. Because the greater good ain't been that concerned with me. Believe me, we're all alone out there. All of us. Don't kid yourself. Anybody who didn't vote today, based on what was best for him or her, is a schmuck and a sucker. Vote 
for what's best for you and yours, period. That's how the world works, and that's especially how America works. And if you haven't voted yet, heed my words. Heed them well. Uh, we got a bunch of guys on hold. We'll get to them in a second, 105.9. Experience your neighborhood news like never before at neighborhoods.triblive.com. This report is sponsored by Napa Auto. What a bubblehead. VX at 105.9. What a great show so far. 5-0 Liverpool. It's the best election day ever. I said on, uh, on Twitter, I was disappointed it wasn't erection day because an old man can always dream. I don't know. This 5-0 score. That sounded dirty. Did that sound dirty? Uh, 412-333-WXDX. You want to get your calls and get them in now? We've had some decent calls today, too. Uh, and we got Stan Saverin at uh, the bottom of the hour, just about 10 minutes away. Let's go to Mark on the road. Mark, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How you doing, man? Terrific. Hey, uh, listening to your shows during the when training camp started for the Steelers, listen to the guys that you have on as guests like Jerry D and uh, Mike Pursuta. Obviously, we're very impressed with Chase Claypool. So I figured he would certainly probably come in and make an impact. I think he's kind of overachieved so far. Do you think? If oh, he I, I don't know that he's keep... overachieved. I, I think it was a very uh, – it was a, a draft very rich with wide receivers. And even though he was, what, the 12th one pick – I don't think he's necessarily surprised anybody with how he's played. Uh, and I think you may be overestimating how he's played. He's made some big plays and has a heck of a highlight reel. But there are some games where he doesn't do very much, and that's the nature of being a rookie. I, I think he's done very well, and I think he's a playmaker they can trust. Uh, for a rookie to, to have the trust of a veteran quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger, that's pretty impressive. That is. I, I, he just has a lot more touchdowns at this point that I I, I guess I thought he would have, and uh, I don't know. Well, don't don't, for, don't forget, season. Mark, two of those are rushing touchdowns, correct? That's true. Yeah, that's right. He's got some rushing touchdowns. They, they love him on the jet sweep. So um, so I don't know if Claypool is going to be in the rookie of the year consideration. Not, not, uh, not legitimately so. I mean, right now he's number six. I just looked this up. He's number six at the Vegas books at 33-1. to one. And the favorites are Herbert and Burrow, followed by Tua, even though he's, uh, you know, uh, barely played, started just the one game for Miami. But, you know, people like the quarterbacks, and it's thought he might make a big impact. Then there's Dustin Jefferson, who's a receiver, and, and of course, the back at Kansas City, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, I think, I think Burrow and he should be one, two, somewhere around there. I think they've been the most impressive. So well, far. he's not going to be, and I'm not sure he should be. That Have you seen Herbert play? I've only seen highlights. I want to see an L.A. Chargers game if I have time to, to watch because I've heard people just rave about him on the national talk shows. Have you seen him? And if so, what do you think? I've seen – I actually caught a game where they came back and won, and he was pretty impressive. Um, so – it's a good it's a good crew of, of rooks there. I'm just curious what you thought about Chase. Thanks, Mark. I think what gives Chase Claypool a chance for Rookie of the Year is his highlight reel. He has a real good highlight reel. But I, I think at the end of the day, it won't be enough. He'll finish, I, I would say, top five. Let's go to Bill in Turtle Creek. Bill, you're on with Double M. Yeah, Mark, Pittsburgh Steelers, linebacker controversy. Why haven't you had Jack Ham on the show? It's not at all a controversy. Uh, they're just going to play who they're going to play, and I I don't care. I'm not 
you know, stumping for Avery Williams, and I just think it makes the most sense for the Steelers as a team. And uh, Jack Kim doesn't follow the NFL anymore. He just does Penn State football, and that's it. I don't think he would feel qualified to comment on this. Ah, uh, how interesting. Being an all-pro linebacker in four Super Bowls, I thought he might have an interest in it. It is a news item. Yeah, I, I don't know if you caught the part where I just said he doesn't follow the NFL anymore. Well, people come back to things once in a while. You're you- right. We'll have him on tomorrow. Thank you for the call. Jesus, you effing people. Learn to take no for an answer. Wow. I mean, that's why we don't do the Jack Cam football show anymore, which is the best radio I've ever done. Because Jack just doesn't follow the NFL, and he doesn't want to do a show where he looks stupid. He looks stupid enough losing bets to me every week back when. He's got the bum-fighting thing that occupies him. He's got a lot going on, does Jack. All right, up next, Stan Saverin here on 105.90X. The most music in the morning with Abby on the X. Are you talking about me? Weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on the X at 105.9. The X at 105.9. Steelers on a roll at 7-0, and it looks like a pretty easy game at Dallas given their quarterback situation. Joining me now to discuss, he is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. It's Stan Saverin. Stan, is there any way they lose to Dallas? I know that uh, Ben DiNucci's a local kid, but he couldn't cut the mustard at Pitt. I don't think he's going to beat the Steelers on Sunday afternoon. Well, if he plays, I mean, I'm I'm waiting to see if Andy Dalton's going to clear. Oh no, Stan! This Stan, this just moved a little bit ago. He's in oh. COVID protocol now. Dalton is. Yes, he is. Dueling Dalton. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's COVID and concussion. That's what's dueling. Yeah, boy. Um, I'm sorry. I, I've been. Um, I was at the dentist. They don't pipe in the Ugh. sports news there. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. With, with Ben DiNucci, the only thing I would say is that um, given the way that the Ravens ran on the Steelers, um, the only way that they would have a chance. Uh, would be for Ezekiel Elliott to have a big game. Uh, I don't think, I, I thought that last Sunday, Mark, was an aberration with the rushing yards. I think when you play a guy like Lamar Jackson, it's a unique circumstance because even if he's not running the ball, he affects the run defense based on the personnel you have to put out there to deal with him. So I don't know that, you know, Dallas is going to be able to run um, unless. They fall completely flat, which is possible, given off how emotional they've had to been for the last three weeks. Um, no, you wouldn't think even on the road that they'd have an issue. Uh, I do think that Dallas' defense might be slightly better because Sean Lee and Leighton Vander Escher back, but by and large, that's a terrible defense. Um, well, and Stan, but, forgive and, the interruption, but when I watched Dallas play like I saw some of that game Sunday night, they looked yeah. like they're in the tank. They looked like they just wanted to be over. Well, I agree, and I, I thought that uh, that was a, a, an important game for the Steelers um, in that um, if Dallas won that game, let's just say that they did, they lead the division. So all of a sudden, they're very interested in the Steeler game. They still have a chance because the division's so bad, but I do agree with you. I, I mean, I think the, you, especially when you're a team that had high expectations or certainly higher than this, the fall off the cliff is more precipitous. Um, I, I, I'm not going to start counting. I don't think they're going undefeated. I don't think anybody's going undefeated. Um, the Cincinnati game, if they beat Dallas, 
The Cincinnati game, I think, will be difficult for them. I just have, I'm a, just a firm believer in the hidden vig. Uh, and and, I, well, know, and Burrow's very... coming on, and, and they'd be coming off the bye week. I still think they're the Bengals, but you're right. That would be a, a more difficult circumstance than Dallas presents, certainly. Yeah, I'm, I, that's, uh, we're in agreement. I, I think of the next three games, the Cincinnati game, even though that one is at home and the other two are on the road, that one presents a problem. I mean, I don't know if Joe Mixon will be back by then. Uh, we don't know. But, you know, the Bengals are not going to roll over for anybody. They haven't rolled over for anybody, but we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Um, uh, it, it, it just, when you see a team win seven games in a row, it just isn't done that often. And, you know, there's, there's just a time where you're just not going to play uh, as well as you have in the past. But this is a really poor Dallas team. And maybe more importantly, it does look like a team that the Eagle game gave them an opportunity to get back in because of the Nevada division, especially if they expand the playoffs. Um, I, I, I think that's out of reach now. I think they're dispirited. I think they're de- de- uh, demoralized, uh, especially if Dalton is not going to be there. Um, it's hard to imagine, even with a bad game, the Steelers losing this one. Stan, what's your take on where Ben's game is at? Because he's having the occasional bad half. In fact, uh, each of the last two games, he's really only played 30 minutes, but he obviously knows how to win. It's been a great 30 minutes, and that's been enough for the Steelers. Well, I think you can imagine, if you had a less experienced quarterback, I'm not even talking about Mason or Duck. I'm just talking about uh, pick any starter you want in the NFL. Uh, a less experienced guy, a less accomplished guy, it's easy to imagine that if he's the quarterback of the Steelers, they don't come back in the second half. Uh, Now, granted, it was the interception by Highsmith, I think, that gave him the jolt, the impetus to get going, but it's hard to imagine that there are many other quarterbacks who could have changed what they did. They obviously changed their game plan, what they were doing, what they were doing was not working. They had no running game to rely on, so to speak. Uh, and it, it, that just shows uh, his it, not only in his physical portion of the game, but his mental. I was talking with Charlie Batch in the postgame show. Uh, he would know about a quarterback who is trying to execute a game plan that just isn't working. So you go in at halftime, you, you huddle up with the offensive coach and say, we've got to change something here. And they obviously did, but you still need a guy like Ben to make the adjustments that he was making, getting him to the right place, making adjustments to individual routes like he said he did. And it wasn't quite as backyard as we were led to believe, but, but still, you need someone to execute all that. Um, uh, again, the three interceptions uh, against uh, Tennessee, um, I was more concerned about the decision-making that led to those interceptions. But his decision-making on Sunday, particularly in the second half, was just well, almost well, perfect. Well, Stans, let's stay with that. They said he was drawing up plays in the dirt, although Tomlin did kind of downplay that today. But when Ben is at the line with time to you know, reconfigure the play and get the instructions to everybody – that is when I might be most confident in Ben. I don't think there's anybody better at that than him. I agree. Um, in fact, I asked Batch this question. Do all the great quarterbacks, do they see the things that Ben sees? And Charlie said, absolutely. That's one of the things that separates him. You know, we can talk about exit velocity and spin and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but it, it, their ability to dissect what they see in just a quick glance across the field, <clears throat> that largely is what separates. I um, mean, they all have talent. They all have the arm strength. But that's what separates guys. And Ben's game has gotten to a point where I agree. He is as cerebral a guy uh, playing the position today um, as anybody and anybody really in recent memory. Just his ability to sort out, um, uh, you know, see and, and read and understand what adjustments he has to make. And it's really full circle because you remember when he took over, Cower and Wisenhunt would not let him, they didn't give him much latitude at all. And he was a rookie, he was a second-year guy, and it just goes to show you how far uh, along he's come. Uh, and, and I agree. Um, in those circumstances, I'll put my money on him every time. We're talking to Stan Saver, and Stan's brought to you by the law firm of Senderovich, Senderovich and Fishman. Stan, uh, what uh, what uh, did Baltimore do to contribute to the Steelers winning? Because I'm not saying the Steelers weren't worthy winners. They were because they showed so much resilience, especially in the second half. But how could they come out throwing in the second half when the running game was chewing the Steelers up and they had a 17-7 to lead? That, of course, led to the Highsmith interception, and they took nine penalties, turned the ball over four times. Not exactly a vintage Ravens day, was it? No, it wasn't. And, you know, they look, they, they have a good coaching staff. Um, and I, I think that, you know, that um, uh, that's true. I, I think that they probably thought um, that, because of what they did from the midway point of the first quarter on, that they had the Steelers on the run. Um, they figured uh, we've run the ball. Um, they're they're you know now they're playing four or five linebackers. We're getting some mismatches, um, which they did a couple of times. You know, once Spillane was on a wideout, once Vince Williams was on a wideout. Um, but as Tomlin said after the game, if you're trying to stop the run, and in particular you're trying to stop the run with Lamar Jackson also available to run, you, you're going to get a mismatch because you want extra linebackers on the field. My guess is is that they thought, even though their passing game is not good to begin with, it just isn't, um, they figured – We've got the matchups that we like now. We're going to take advantage of that. They are trying to stop the run. We'll show them. Uh, it's one of those, I know that you know that I know that you know and things, and it, and it burned them. And they tried to do that with a passing game that has not been very good all year. They they really took Mark Andrews out of the game. That was the key. And, uh, you know, Marquise Brown was no factor until after the game when the Jeans took over. Uh, <laughs> like his cousin, he, he had a bitch about, you know, not getting in that. That'll sit very well. Um, and, and I think that they, they outsmarted themselves. Not that I expected them to run every play. And, look, Highsmith made a heck of a play. That, to me, turned the oh, entire no, no game No question, around. Stan, but they stopped doing what was working. Well, yeah, because they thought, okay, we got them where we want them. We got them thinking run. We got them configure, configuring their defense against the run. We'll show them. And like I said, they outsmarted themselves. What is your take on the Steelers' defense in general, Stan? Because they make big plays. The Spillane pick, the Highsmith pick. They got four takeaways total, got the sacks, got the quarterback hits, got all that. But they are getting gouged for yards and points, and not just by Baltimore either. I think that they are going to be, and I don't think this is going to change much, I think that they're going to be somewhat vulnerable to big plays. And the reason is, is because when you get the kind of penetration that they get, you're going to create gaps. 
That's what happened with the Miles Sanders play. Um, well, that, that's right, Stan, and forgive the interruption, but you also now don't have Devin Bush and his speed to make right. up and close some of those gaps. Exactly. Um, and, of course, that happened with Devin Bush. Um, they blitz a lot. Uh, blitzing is not a panacea for everything, panacea. It doesn't cover up everything. You know, there's, there's a, you know, a, a give and a take. Uh, when you send people, you are creating possibilities. If you don't get home or don't rush the quarterback in his throw, you're going to be vulnerable somewhere. You know, that's what we saw. Uh, and that big 40 was at 49 yards. They, they hit downfield. I, I mean, those are the kinds of things that are likely to happen once in a while. That having been said, the yardage they gave up on the ground, that's the outlier. There hasn't been one team that has hurt them on the ground. And that's why I say it's unique to a Lamar Jackson team. Because you've got to pay special attention to him like you don't have to with any other quarterback. Look, unless they play Kyler Murray in the Super Bowl, they're not <laughs> going to see another quarterback like that. Well, they could play, um, they could play Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, though. Yeah, and, they can, and they'll play him Thanksgiving night. But right. what I'm saying is, other than Lamar Jackson, you're not going to see a guy like that. You have to pay extra special attention. So my point is, all the yardage that they got on the ground is at least indirectly related to having the uniqueness of Lamar Jackson there. I, I think you've got to take the body of work. Seven games, let's look at the other six. No team has hurt them on the run. Oh, even Derrick played- Henry. They stopped Derrick Henry. They shut down. The Browns came in. Granted, no Nick Chubb, but the Browns came in with the number one rushing at the time. The number one rushing game in the NFL. They totally stuffed them. Um, now, not having a Lulu, that that's going to hurt them. Good news is he's probably only going to miss the next two games, which is valuable. Might even be back for Cincinnati. We'll see. But my point is I, I'm not going to suggest that this defense is vulnerable against the run because of what Baltimore did. First of all, Baltimore is number one in the NFL in rushing. And number two, again, they are unique because of Lamar Jackson's presence. How do you think the situation is going to work itself out at the inside backer now that they got Avery Williamson? I know what Tomlin said today, Stan. I just can't imagine that Avery Williamson is not going to get more snaps than Robert Spillane after a couple of weeks. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I think they'll go with Spillane. I think they'll spot Williamson. Uh, I think he adds depth. I think it also depends on how serious is Gilbert's injury. Uh, you know, it's, it's his back again. He missed most of last year because of his back. What are we talking about here? Are we talking long-term? Um, and also, we have to ask the question, what do they think, actually, about Ulysses Gilbert? Because he wasn't getting a hat other than special teams. Um, pro football focus, whatever you believe in them, you know, they do the film study that with the New York Jets this year, Avery Williamson was targeted 39 times. It resulted in 37 completions. Um, now, uh, I don't know if that tells the entire story, but if he's in there for pass coverage, that doesn't bode terribly well, does it? Now, granted, he was playing with the stinking Jets. When he gets here, he'll be playing with different people, better people, and, and you know that will help. 
But I, I think if people look at you and say, oh, here's, here's Devin, uh, Devin Bush uh, part two, that's not the case, at least based on his performance with the Jets. I mean, I think he's a, I, I like the acquisition. They need some depth there, especially if Gilbert's out for a long period of time. But, I, I, again, I don't think that they're necessarily going to abandon Robert Spillane. Stan, I have breaking news. Tom Pellicero from the NFL Network says that the Cowboys will not be starting Ben DiNucci. They're going to have a competition at quarterback during the week between their two practice squad guys, Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush, and one of them will start against the Steelers. Oh, my. Maybe Roger Staubach is available. Um... I don't think Roger would would inject himself into that (laughs) mess, Stan. (laughs) Anchors away. Oh, man. I, I feel badly for DiNucci. Um, you know, that's a good Philadelphia fronty face, but some of the mistakes that he made, um, you know, punting the ball isn't, the, isn't always a bad play uh, rather than putting it at risk. Um, yeah, that, that, I mean, not. I don't know that these two practice squad guys are necessarily that far behind, you know, Ben DiNucci, given his level of confidence. And I'm not trashing the kid. That, that, you know, that's a very, you know. Oh, no, no, no. Like, like, Stan, Ben DiNucci's barely played in the league. That was his first game. Of 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 any you know when he when he got to do something but uh, boy it shows an utter lack of faith in him if after one game you're you're jumping practice squad guys over you in the depth chart undoubtedly uh, you know I mean your first start and he, and he, he threw three passes the week before when Dalton got knocked out um, and, but your first start is on Sunday night football. Um, before God and Chris Collins were than everybody, uh, you know, that's a tough start against a fairly, not a good team, but a fairly decent, at least front four. Yeah, that, I mean, you look, you're going to get Zeke Elliott left, Zeke Elliott right, and Zeke Elliott up the middle. Stan, great stuff. I'll talk to you Thursday on your program. All right, Mark, I enjoyed it. Thank you. That's the terrific Stan Savern, brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Uh, what I just said is not a joke. Tom Pellicero from NFL Network saying, uh, ben DiNucci is out. It's going to be down to the practice squad, guys. Either Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush. They will have a rep-off in practice for the Cowboys. And the they should let the guy who, who plays worse in practice play. Because that ain't exactly a situation where you're going to get covered in glory. Maybe covered in something else. That sounded dirty. Did that sound dirty? That'll be Dallas's fourth starting quarterback, and it's only week nine. Yikes. 8 no. Told you. 8 no. Speaking of 8 no, well, okay, 5 nil in, in stoppage time, and Liverpool are going to be 3 and 0, top of the group in the Champions League. That's good stuff. Top of the league, too. That's good stuff. Like I said, it's the best election day ever. 105.90X. Hey, it's almost time for the holidays, and we want to see if we can make them a little bit better. So we want to help you pay your bills. Listen every weekday on the hour from 7 to 8. DX at 105.9. Well, it's election day. Not sure if the world's going to look any different tomorrow or even the day after the inauguration. And I say that. I don't think it makes a difference who wins in many degrees, but we like to get mad. So half of America will be real mad, uh, not necessarily tomorrow. I don't know if the election results will be official by then, but uh, I don't know. Perhaps the less said about it, the better. I had a good experience this morning voting up on Troy Hill, which is literally just down the hill from where I grew up in Reserve Township. Saw a few people I hadn't seen in a bit, including uh, Tommy Leskowak, who owns the uh, service station 
right there on the main drag in Troy Hill. I was very upset to learn. I didn't see this on the news. Uh, somebody got shot to death uh, on the corner across the street from Les Coax, uh I think last Saturday. And it was just over a traffic stop. Not, not an accident. Like, there was a near collision, and one guy got mad and shot the other guy. And then the guy who pulled the trigger, put his gun back in his car and called the cops on himself, called 911. Weird. Weird, weird world we live in. Got a couple polls up on Twitter. Who do you think I voted for today? I'm not going to tell. You don't need to know. But I want to see uh, who you think I voted for. Vote now at Mark Madden X. And who's going to get the most snaps within a month, In a month from now? Between Williamson and Spillane at inside backer, 77% of you say Williamson, but you can still vote now. But, uh, boy, Spillane's the new duck. Spillane's the new, I'm going to be blunt, the new white underdog who nobody ever gave him a chance. And now look at how great he's doing. And, you know, you can get out the duck hats, the duck calls, the duck T-shirts, the duck hoodies. Just call him Duck Spillane because it's the same thing. It's the same thing, although I think Spillane's a little better at his job, then Duck is it his. Duck's going to be a gym teacher next year. I think Spillane could be a player, albeit a backup and special teams guy, in the NFL for quite some time. But should he get more snaps than an established NFL starter in Avery Williamson? No, he should not. Uh, Williamson started over 80 games. Spillane started exactly two, and he's done good. But uh, you watch. A month from now, we'll see who's playing more. It won't be Spillane, and it will be Williamson. We've been talking about how a fascist America would translate to sports. Tom Brady would have the only vote for NFL MVP, and he would always vote for himself. Uh, in a socialist America, every baseball player would be paid the same. Garrett Cole would not like that. On the bright side, he would not have to repay his student loans to UCLA. Yeah, like Garrett Cole took out student loans. He got a baseball scholarship, and I'm, I'm thinking he's probably born rich. Just the way he acted, that stereotyping. But you can do that with white folks, so it's no big deal. Uh, I didn't get my breakfast sandwich. The the pickle and pear, pear and pickle, whatever it's called, were closed on Troy Hill. I, I did like being in Troy Hill. Troy Hill and Reserve Township will always feel like home to me. I don't spend much time up there and probably won't ever again, even though it's just... Well, not far from where I live currently, but uh, it was nice to be up there. And, and it was even nicer still that the voting lines were very short, at least in Troy Hill at Most Holy Name School, which is closed now, I think. I don't think that's a school anymore. I think most of the diocese grade schools are closed. I wonder how many of those are even left open. Not very many, but I know Most Holy Name is not. Uh, if you're just tuning in, Ben DiNucci is not going to start for Dallas, so we won't get to see Ben DiNucci. They're going to let their practice squad guys take reps, and one of the practice squad guys is going to play instead. Uh, that's not a see you later to Ben DiNucci. That is an indication he should be renting and not buying. I mean, if this practice squad guy, whoever quote-unquote wins the job, if he comes in and plays better against Pittsburgh than Danucci did against the, the Eagles, then um, Danucci's going to be out of a job. And his employment in the NFL was always going to be tenuous. I mean, for crying out loud, 
He couldn't even beat out Kenny Pickett when they were both at Pitt. Remember that? The, the transfer from, I think, Southern Cal. I forget his name, but he started. He got hurt. Danucci came in. Then Pickett beat him out. Then Danucci transferred to William & Mary. You know, and I'm not knocking by Danucci. Actually, it sounds like I pretty much have nonstop since 3 o'clock, but a guy like that, I mean, I know even as the third-string quarterback for Dallas, you make okay money, but at what point do you just say this isn't going to work and become a gym teacher like Duck will be by next year? You know what? It sounds like I'm making, If it sounds like I'm making fun of Duck, yes, I am, because he's a bum. He got a big head when he had a couple lucky games next year, and he'll be a gym teacher by next year. And that'll be great. And I will laugh. Ha <laughs> ha, like that. Laugh. Then again, Josh Dobbs, he has like a degree in what, rocket science? Why the heck? That was a, a slip. That was a... Why the heck is he fooling around with football? Wow. Accidente. Forgive. All right, 412-333-WXDX. In 30 seconds, I'll come back and I'll be mad about something. I forget what it is. 105.90X. Texting keywords for your shot at $1,000. Check out who's already got an extra grand for my heart radio. Hi, I'm Kimberly from...